tonight on the Spice Cast. I think the people that try to condemn it don't. First off, it's they don't understand it. Yeah. If they understood it. They need to try it once. Right. Because <laughs> in a way, you know, again with the being a, a high number of PhDs per capita and everything, you do have a lot of opinionated people. But in, mm-hmm. this, in one sense, I've never been in an area where so many people can easily just set aside politics for the greater good of something. Every time that happens, something extremely great comes out of it. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know. Promoter and connoisseur of fine psychobilly metal and punk rock music, Joshua Dodd. Huntsville Natives Cancer Slug with Wicked Heart. And joining us in Spice Rack Studios up next will be Josh Dodd. Yeah, I've always thought of it like this. Like for those people that uh aren't like avid music listeners and like that they will go out and find new things to yeah. listen to. Normal people like are not gonna fucking care or, or even attempt to listen to new music unless they're forced to. Mm-hmm. But the way radio has been for I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 40 50 years now like it's just not gonna happen yeah i mean it's saying you hear that same pro you heard that same problem that's <clears throat> why cbgb started that's why mm-hmm. so you know several events in history have started is simply because there was a scene of people that wanted to play original music and there was enough of a crowd to listen to them but mm-hmm. usually like i don't know if you've seen the, the actual cbgb's movie that they made Mm-mm. with the uh, uh Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman actually plays uh, Hilly Tillman or Hilly Crystal. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's funny because he looks just like him, but <laughs> it's like it goes through the early days of CBGBs, like the Ramones' first show, Blondie's mm-hmm. first show. It shows Iggy Pop hanging out in there, right? Like, but Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters is Iggy Pop, <laughs> like, and. Uh, when it first started, it was like, it looked like there was a lot of people, but that's because it was all the fucking bands listening to each other. Yeah. Like, so nobody was making any money, but photos and press looked fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it was a lot of people. Right. You know? 
Hey, critical mass is important. Yeah. That's all right. We'll, we'll officially get started. Um, today at the Spice Cast, we've got Josh Dodd. You prefer Joshua or Josh, or is there like a... Josh is fine. Josh, Josh Dodd. I'm Ben Job. I also do the short version of the name. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Um, Josh is here to talk about some of the awesome uh, events coming up. You've been... Uh, you're a veteran booker now. <laughs> <laughs> a year you're, later. You're an, over, you're an overburdened booker at this point. <laughs> <laughs> a year later, not too much worse for wear. <laughs> Heck yeah. But uh, keeping your finger on the pulse of like the psychobilly scene, and uh, that's that seems like an enduring scene around here. Do you know why that is? Like The whole punk rock thing is is so part of our DNA. Like I remember it growing up. It's older than me. It's it will go on beyond me, I'm sure. Like what it what is the deal with Huntsville in that? I don't know. I it, it, it's it's actually a strange thing because uh, I remember when I moved here seven years ago, a lot of people said, uh, you know, Huntsville's like got the 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 highest number of PhDs per capita or per square mile or something like that in the country. Yeah, which it is very evident. You know, NASA's here, and there's the colleges, and there's so many educational things and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But at the same time, like Huntsville has a very like I mean, there is obviously the upper scale side of things, but for the most part, the majority of people I've always encountered in Huntsville, Huntsville has a really kind of working class mentality, mm-hmm. and to a great extent, punk rock has always been and and kind of will always be a working class kind of music because it's not. It's not necessarily meant for the people whose lives are perfect and going well right. and they're making lots of money and this and that, you know. Um, you know, and, and we've seen, at least in the years I've been here, you, you see different trends come and go. And, you know, people much older than me and who have been in the scene for much longer can tell you many more trends that have come and gone. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I, I don't necessarily think psychobilly and, and rockabilly is just a trend, but it's definitely something different in the in the modern day and age around here. It's something that we're not used to seeing consistently. And being, I mean, being this far deep in the South, it is uh, rockabilly is it's part of our our roots. It's part. Of, it is part of our our genetic makeup, so to speak. You know. Yeah, I, I guess the it's it's kind of like the folk aesthetic of you know a guy picking on a banjo or whatever and like basic singer songwriter meets that kind of revolutionary i feel like there's such a like a military complex here that i wonder if it's just like people being like oh yeah we're still here also i mean there's like this giant hand of the government that changes you know the geography and sets off explosions randomly almost on a daily basis but (laughs) there's there's also like all the people that support that like all the people that have always been here you know yeah it's it's kind of strange because in a way you know again with the being a a high number of phds per capita and everything you do have a lot of opinionated people but in Mm -hmm. in one sense i've never been in an area where so many people can easily just set aside politics for the greater good of something. Every time that happens, something extremely great comes out of it. Oh yeah, for you know? sure. I mean, the even stranger thing is that punk rocks as far as like alternative music seems to be what stay. It does fluctuate, but it stays consistent because it never goes away. Yeah. 
but you know, being uh, somewhat of a metalhead, I guess myself, uh, or a metal music lover, you you know, you've seen. I, I mean, just in the seven years I've been here, you've seen the, the metal scene go up, and then it kind of just goes away for a little while. Yeah, and it comes back and repeat. You know, punk's just one of those things that just outlasts. Not necessarily in some instances, it's, it's not necessarily because it's any better or or, or or whatever. It's just I think. I think it goes back to that mindset of people associate going to those shows with having fun. Oh, yeah. As, as well as with it starting with the musicians of musicians who maybe just picked up the guitar and saying, hearing a Ramones record and saying, fuck, I can do that. Right. Like, you know, it's just, it's in every, every man's music. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely knew, like, growing up, there's definitely a community feel to it. And people feel so, I think people, like from the outside of it, see like mosh pits and stuff like that. And they're uh, angered or like worried, you know, like, Oh, this is the, uh, this is like a dangerous, uh, violent thing. But I don't know. I've, I've run into so many people like headfirst in a mosh pit and just like laughed and shook their hand or they picked me up and threw me and I was having a great time. And they're having, yep. like, it's almost, it's almost like it's the safest place you can be in that moment because everybody's, I mean, involved in, thrashing violently oh yeah but like they're i mean what else are what else what else are they there for but to like have a great time at the show well it's it's kind of, it's kind of a weird like uh it's it's strange if you think about it i mean we could we could sit here and argue semantics for hours about which scene was first and who start who did what first and who started yeah. punk and stuff like that you know whether it was Ramones or the Sex Pistols, but just on the American side of things mm -hmm. i've always kind of noticed that we we tend to take things that the British did, and then we make them much more aggressive and yeah. seem much more violent than they really are. Mm -hmm. In in the case of punk, you know, even forty years ago, it, it, nothing's really changed in the sense of like people who love this music. It's it's such an adrenaline fueling type yeah. kind of music that it's it's energy. It's got to go somewhere. Like so that and that's. So moshing just makes total sense. It's just one big energy transfer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've I've seen people who didn't want to mosh walk straight through a pit and they're fine. Yeah, like because people in the pits know what they're doing and they pay attention to what's going mm -hmm. on. But at the same time, if you get an elbow to the nose and break your nose, and you're walking through the <laughs> walking through the middle of the pit, it's just kind of an unwritten <laughs> rule, man. You, it, you just expect that kind of thing. Yeah, like you expect to have bruises and yeah scrapes or whatever but to the, I, I think the people that try to condemn it don't first off it's they don't understand it yeah if they understood it they need to try it once right <laughs> it's not even like that they don't get it because they're they're not seeing something it's just that they don't want to get it mm. they don't they don't like it they just they know they don't like it they don't want to give it a chance so they don't want to yeah. Try to understand these crazy people moving around in a circle. Right. It's it's just one of those things. I think there's always going to be that division where you have the people like us that get it. But then the people that try to say, well, these shows don't need to be happening because these people get violent when they hear this music. And these people are like the scum of society and blah, 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 blah. I mean, let's face it. A lot of us are, are weirdos, but it's far better than, you know, appealing to the norm of society. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, you wore your Misfits shirt today. You booking a lot of ex Misfits on some of these tours. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell me about your history with that with that band? Or 
when you first heard them like what what it meant to you or personal history with them uh i remember i was in high school which for those of you who don't know who i am that wasn't like 20 years ago that was not even 10 years ago i think i was early in high school or something like that and i heard uh i think i bought the static age album or or something like that because i heard you know i'd always heard the metallica version of last caress when you're young and you that's the first version of, of somebody else's song you hear you don't understand that it's somebody else's song yeah really. so when you do that you like when you learn that it's somebody else's you want to go well what does the original sound like so i went back heard that i was like fuck this is great like so i bought the static age album just fell head over heels in love with that like and then it went on to earth ad walk among us you know the classics um the funny thing was like a lot of people in my generation like my introduction to the misfits wasn't michael graves Mm -hmm. it wasn't the second generation of misfits it was glenn danzig even in that retrospect i don't necessarily like one more than the other i like them both the same but it's not even fair to say the same because i like them each for different reasons right like I am a, a lover of, of good produced albums. No, I don't think anybody needs to spend nine months or a year and a million dollars on an album. But if it, if you actually took your time... Yeah, the technique and the care. Yeah, if you took your time to, to make something that's truly representative of your band, it's going to show. At the same time, I love kind of those vintage or, or retro, whatever you want to call them, kind of recordings um, where... It, maybe it wasn't the best produced, but it wasn't supposed to be that way because part of the aesthetic of any you know band X, Y, or Z was that it wasn't a polished product. Mm-hmm. Like the Ramones. The Ramones, al- the first couple albums are not super well produced. They're very raw, but they're supposed to be because right. that's what the Ramones were. You know, same thing with the Misfits. Like one of my particular favorite songs by them is Bullet. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about the only like political song that they have. <laughs> I, I encourage anybody to listen to that song and not just like want to get up and break shit. You know, like <laughs> it just it gets you nice. moving. Well, yeah, and I think uh, the production really you're talking about metal and stuff really lends itself to metal because there's so many moving parts. Yeah, if the production is not there, metal can be easily become just the wall of sound, which is okay for some bands. But if you want to hear like like they're talking about the moose that you uh, <laughs> did some recording for, and I think uh, did they release their album yet, or is it coming uh, soon? It was an EP they just released called yes. Earth Mover. Uh, like so- some technically awesome players, but if it's mixed wrong, you're not gonna hear like all that. <laughs> with it, with them, yeah. It, but with them, it's kind of an interesting take because it's not stereotypically what you would think out of a heavier band and and Mm -hmm. they are very metallic but they're also very like there's a you know if you listen there's james brown influence and there's music if you just as much as there's mastodon or or fu manchu or anything like that um but they have moments where they sound like a southern rock band like Mm -hmm. it just goes from one to the other to the other with them it's interesting because of how their overall sound yeah, a good instead of like where everything's very like right there and it's got to be in its place and everything. A different approach. If it if that kind of music isn't handled right, it's sometimes it's very slow and it requires a lot more bass frequency than most. And it's very easy to turn that into just mud. Mm-hmm. So to carve a definite sound out of that, 
is it, you know, yet again, a third approach to where with your like speed metal bands and thrash metal bands, like everything has to be exactly a certain way because it's so fast. And if something's off, then the whole thing just goes to shit. It's, it's melted essentially right, <laughs> into right. one thing, but you've got a, also an upcoming, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, a super group, um, including some of the Boneyard Mafia guys and, and that how long how long are you planning on doing the recording for this like group? It's it's well it is a Boneyard Mafia album, um, but we're gonna be featuring uh, basically like you said basically an all star cast of, of Huntsville musicians from various bands. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we'll get this done in a day. Um, yeah. But we've been kind of planning this for you know quite some time. And I've worked closely with Brad Posey on, on like how we're going to approach this and, mm-hmm. and get something that's still representative of them, but is in the vision that they want, which is having these different players. And yeah. So, I mean, most people might not think about this, but like, you know, mixing two songs that each have a different drummer on one album is very difficult because you're trying to make both drummers not necessarily sound the same, but have enough consistency between mm-hmm. each song that just because this guy drums on this song, it doesn't throw the whole thing out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, just mannerisms on the drums. You might have one guy who hits right next to that, that mic or whatever mm-hmm. one. And one guy who smashes a cymbal and almost always does certain things. And it, who I mean, knows it, the gremlins that can, yeah. I mean, the it, it's the same thing like guitar recording. players. Like the same thing like guitar players, you know, you can have same two guys play through the same amp, yeah, and it'll sound differently every mm-hmm. time, you know. Uh, but it, like I said, hopefully we should get this at least the tracking portion out in a day. But we're going to be spending all day yeah. doing it. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's impressive. Which they've got a show later that night too, uh, <laughs> up over the copper top. But we're supposed to have a. Alabama Sharp from the Go-Go Killers. Uh-huh. Uh, there's rumors Mike Horgan from Cancer Slug is supposed to make an appearance. Um, there's Jacob, uh, Jacob Standridge from the Moose. Uh, I think he'll actually be coming with me to help set stuff up that day. Nice. And Ronnie Ramone from Big Ape and Coles. And I apologize if I'm forgetting anybody. <laughs> But, yeah, it's yeah. a lot, a lot of moving parts. No, yeah. I'm super excited about that, especially because like you've got like all these people in this kind of constellation of similar genres. I think it'll be really interesting, especially if they're playing like songs they're either familiar with or already know a little bit. I just love hearing the uh, like the different takes on the same kind of material. Well, the interesting thing, and I think they got this idea <coughs> based off of. Uh, the album, the first album I did with them last year, which was uh, called Sewer Bats, um, you know, we were tracking and everything, and how we started out was, is I had a uh, the guitar into the computer and and both of them sitting in a room, and they would just literally, unless it was a song they already knew and had for a while, they would literally write songs on the spot, <laughs> and that's just how they work. Like they would just write there on the spot, go, you know. And whatever they got is what they got. Right. Um, but they, at some point they stopped and they asked me like, hey, you know, why don't you come out and, and write a few with us? And I'm like, I'd never done anything like that before. Just like <laughs> right on the spot. 
and most musicians I know that's kind of like a really startling thing because it's like you know you're you're trained to worry not to fuck up yeah but in this instance it's like if you fuck up that's it that's it well plus your brain's probably in like production mode too where you're like what's all this technical crap that i'm not uh, yeah that i'm not that i'm forgetting or whatever right and then you're like oh yeah here write a song real quick exactly (laughs) so but it went so well that I think that helped kind of reaffirm the, the idea yeah. that they could do this and have not only me, but maybe, you know, four or five other people on yeah. different instruments. And it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. No doubt. I'm, I'm super excited. So you want to tell uh, folks about some of the upcoming shows? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, biggest one we've got, uh, it's only a couple weeks away. Uh, Doyle from the Misfits. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be coming through <coughs> and playing with uh, Cancer Slug, local Huntsville legends, pretty much nationwide underground legends. Um, I think it, uh, it's his second time coming through. Uh, first time was November of 2015. Um, and we just, it, that was such a cool show in, in, after we did it, we kind of understood, you know, all of us that were involved that it could happen again. Right. So when the opportunity came back up, you know, I jumped on it as quick as I could, you know, because it just seemed like, it's like, if I could, I kind of always have this thing of like, if I do something that I thought I might fail at, and then I pull it off, you know, whether it be really well or like I, I just skin of the teeth, skin of the teeth. <laughs> I always like have a thing about wanting to do something a second time just to like prove in my mind that the first wasn't a fluke. Right. You know? Yeah. And this one definitely wasn't a fluke, especially the way it's shaping up. Like tickets have been going out like crazy. Nice. Like, I think I think we approached having i think we have less than 100 tickets left mm-hmm. on this so grab them quick yeah and i mean just that you know facebook isn't a reliable source to go by like going or interested numbers yeah. or whatever but at the same time we have like 200 people that said they're going and then like 500 that said they're yeah. interested so out of that like you know keep in mind i can only fit about 320 people into sidetracks <laughs> <laughs> so out of that i think we're gonna do okay oh yeah for sure um and there's some other bands playing. Um, Thundercrotch yeah. are, are good friends of ours that we uh, helped with, like a local movie. Um, oh, why can't I? Why can't I think of it? But Ben Stark's uh, production from Wonder Mills that had Thundercrotch in it. They played a show with us. Um, you can check that out online. But I think they're they're supposed to be playing some. And yeah, Thundercrotch will be opening the night. Uh, and then we have uh, Tennessee natives. I think Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee-ish uh, areas, silent horror, mm-hmm. uh, who are also widely popular in the underground uh, horror punk band. Uh, I I had not really heard much about them initially, and I started like looking them up. And there's like, you know, I was looking up trying to find live performance videos and mm-hmm. stuff. And like one of the first couple of videos I see is like Blitz Kid doing a, a, a silent horror cover, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like. You know, if they're covering them, yeah, yeah, 
then they must have been around for eight. <laughs> you know, they must be 20 years old or, uh-huh. like, you know. Um, but no, it's just people really love them live. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, Huntsville's reception to them. Yeah. But I don't think they've – I think they may have played here one other time before. Yeah, yeah. I haven't um, heard of them playing here before, so. Yeah, and that's – I mean – uh those those are the the kind of people when you look up you don't realize how close they might be. Yeah, there's lots of people that I've had on the show and be like, "Holy crap, they're from Atlanta or they're from Birmingham or something." Yep. And until you like do a little bit of digging, they might they might be your local band. You just have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, and the, the the interesting thing too, and the reason like why people should come see this, even with it being on a Sunday, mm-hmm. is like. You know, the thing with this show is, like, this is probably one of the only places that you'll get to see Cancer Slug and Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Like. Plus, I'm it's not, Sunday. I'm, go to church. Go to go to metal church. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God in the morning. Hail Satan in the evening. Um, you got to have a balance. Yeah. that's It's all about balance. I'm not saying that, you know, some one-off dates, other places in the future aren't a possibility for them but there again i'm not yeah, yeah. those bands i can't speak for them on right, that right. but for the most part this is the only place that you'll get to see that show uh-huh. and anybody who was there at the first one remembers how much first off and most important how much fun it was like that was yeah unlike anything that had come through huntsville in mm-hmm. quite some time mm-hmm. but just the insanity and and the the chaoticness of like the controlled chaos that was mm-hmm. that show anybody who went to the first one remembers that like so uh, a lot of the, you know a lot of the faces and a lot of the names that came to that first one i've seen them you know buying tickets and stuff like that online but especially on the being on the heels of uh the, the original misfits reunion show in new jersey in on may 19th not that far away mm-hmm you know, most people around here probably may not be able to afford to go to that. But for 20 bucks, you can come see a misfit in your face. Right. Like, right there. <laughs> it's not a stadium. It's not a, a festival. Like, he, like you get in the front row, he's going to be right there in your face. And this, sure. I mean, this dude is, like, Doyle is not a small human being. No, he is like, not. <laughs> he's shredded to hell, and he, he's, like, he's built like a brick shit house. So he's not like, you know, from a distance, he does like look skinny, but the closer you get to him, you start to go, Oh shit. Like this guy's like, he looks like he could just like touch me and I'd shatter. Yeah. Break all the bones. The pinch. But like <laughs> on that same note, like he's my height. Uh, uh-huh. like probably I never got an accurate measurement when he wasn't wearing his boots. So, We're relatively the same height, mm-hmm. so like you know, a six you know six foot seven dude like that buff just like beating his guitar and just glaring at like <laughs> it, it it's it's truly it's truly a unique event and not oh, yeah, only yeah. not only for Huntsville but like any fan of like underground punk music mm-hmm. like it's it's something you definitely won't regret seeing and should see. Yeah. Plus it's way, way cooler of an atmosphere in my opinion than right. being like 30 feet below, below them. 
looking right. up out of a, a pit somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> out and, the corner or whatever. You know, they they do a, a meet and greet and everything and, and Doyle and Alex are real good with the fans. They're real good to the fans. Um very personable and stuff like that. And and, you know, misfits are always known as having like a merch selection like in my opinion, a merch selection far better than even Kisses. Yeah. Which is saying something. Right, right. But even in his own band, that car- that idea still carries over. Like, their mm-hmm. merch tables are f- fantastic. Like, they're just all kinds of things you would never think that they would have. Um, but, you know, not to mention Cancer Slug. Like, mm-hmm. anybody who's been to a Cancer Slug show knows exactly what I'm talking yeah. about when I say <laughs> it is one of the most unique shows you'll ever see in your life because they're not a typical, you know, they're not a typical punk rock band. They're not just a horror punk band. They're not, I mean, like, you know, Alex always says that they're a rock and roll band, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and in every respect they are. And, but it's rock and roll, with the energy <laughs> it's definitely got the that's to put, the put to put it lightly yeah um but you know it's it's rock and roll in the way like the germs were rock and roll or but or the misfits are rock and roll mm-hmm. or or the yeah yeah it's got that just intensity about it mm-hmm. like it, it's it, it's an intense stage show it's not just for people getting up and playing yeah. their songs and then being like well thank you good night yes like and it, that's what huntsville needs we need more of uh, less of that of yeah. just people getting up and being like oh, i woke up time to play my show yeah it's it's too many too and much more, of that more going craziness around. it's too much <laughs> of that going around is it's like i've seen a lot of fantastic bands but mm-hmm. the stage shows are just not there right it's not even that they were bad it's just they were non-existent it was four dudes it's like i was watching some bands rehearsal Uh uh-huh and it's like that's cool and all but like you know if i pay money to come see your band man i want to see something crazy i want to see something that makes me want to come back and see you and i i if we're talking about live shows here i mean i'm just as much a music lover as anybody else but the thing that will if your music is good, the thing that will for sh- for sure make everybody come back is having a stage presentation up to them. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, have something... Because they'll remember the music, but if they don't see anything that, that that's mm-hmm. worth a shit, like, they're just going to forget. Right. And you got uh, March 28th, you got another show with uh, the Go-Go Killers, an awesome band that's been around for a hot minute, and uh, Johnny and the Black Frames. I love their shows and stuff. You, you may have seen them, but... It seems like they play sporadically, but every time I go to their show, it's like really, really good. Like, yeah, they're always into it. <laughs> yeah, it's. And of course, Michael Graves is opening or is the headliner there. I'm yeah. just excited about local people. That's my <laughs> that's my jam. <laughs> it's uh well, kind of the 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 thing when I he was I think my second booking last year. Um, when I started really like doing it consistently, um. He, uh, first time was an acoustic evening and I think he's Mm -hmm. doing another acoustic evening this time. So we'll get to see, uh, the Go-Go Killers do a second acoustic evening. Oh, cool. Um, 
which anybody that saw the first, it, it, they, you know, they pulled that together really well. Like, and it's, it's a bit of a challenge as a promoter when you have that kind of concept. Because <laughs> the first time, what I, what I had thought of was, is I would check several dates and see what they did or talk to other bands who were playing shows, you know, that he was doing this here and there and whatever. And everybody just wanted to stick horror punk bands in front of him. And they'd ha- so you'd have these loud rock bands and then an acoustic set. And that didn't really flow well. Right. I think it works well if you have an acoustic act open the night to loud rock bands. But yeah. Michael Graves doesn't... I'm not going to have him open for local bands. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a headlining act. Oh, for sure. Um, so I had the idea to just approach bands I thought would work well doing this and say like, hey, I know you don't play acoustic music, but what would you think about playing your songs in an acoustic style? Why don't you try it? Yeah. (laughs) And the Go-Go Killers were the first ones that came to mind. I mean, their music is, in a way, it is kind of like acoustic music, but Mm -hmm. just electrified. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, I mean, Michael Michael alone, you know, his, his... performance is well worth the price of admission like it, his voice does sound that way sound the same live as it does on a record his he does have that <clears throat> i mean last time he came through i think he was scheduled for like a 60 minute set mm-hmm. and like before the show you know i told him i said hey you know i've got you scheduled so you know We'll get you get you off stage by this point. You can hang out, talk with fans, or go back to your hotel room or whatever. I said, or if you feel they're into it, you can go as long as you want. I said, we don't have a curfew here at all. And so, you know, a lot of headlining acts like they're like, well, we play this long and yeah, yeah, this we don't play any more than this. It's like because I did the same thing to the dwarves, and they're like, no, we play forty five minutes. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. but. He just, at the end of his set, or at the end of 60 Minutes, he just, the crowd was really, really into it. Yeah. Like, and he went another 30. That's cool. Like. And that's a, that's totally, a, at least to me, a sign of, like, a real investment into your own music. Because yeah. I know I've played shows where it's like, man, I want to keep playing. Because that's, I mean, that's, that's the, I don't know, exposure of your art to your fans essentially or new fans maybe well he he was one of those artists uh that i was able to bring to huntsville last year that i'm fairly certain because i'm unaware of if if he's ever played huntsville before by himself with his band or with the misfits Mm -hmm. um it was his first time in huntsville and you know it, most people around here will say, you know, Huntsville is a misfits town. And, but depending on who you ask, it's Danzig, my Graves, whatever. But, you know, you never hear Jerry Only's name. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, you know, he did a lot of his, uh, he had just released an acoustic album, so he did several numbers from that. Mm-hmm. But he did acoustic versions of all the classic misfit songs which is a lot of what people wanted to hear but it never really never really came across as a nostalgia act yeah you see so much you know it it didn't come across as like gotta parade these out for he was milking something that wasn't you know you know i was 
I was in that band at one time, and these were our greatest songs. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like that at all. Like, it still felt like, you know, those songs had just come out this yeah. year. Um, I mean, that'd be interesting for me just to hear hear that kind of, like, aspect of it, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he was another one, too, like, before and after the sets. Like, he didn't... He didn't go, like, hide in a corner or go hide in his green room or, or anything like that. Like, he was very personable with the fans. He would talk to anybody that came up to him, mm-hmm. partially because he had drove all the way from New Jersey for two days by himself in the truck. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He got there, and he was just like, man, I just – I was like, you know, I'll leave you alone and let you get settled. He's like, no, man, I just – he's like, I just want somebody to talk to. <laughs> um but he would find anything that anybody brought up to him and, and talk to anybody about the Misfits days yeah. say, or, you know, past 17 years for him or whatever, you know. And it was really cool to, to – it's really cool to see somebody that a lot of people look at in that high respect. Yeah, like idolize. Still be that humble. Yeah. You know, and – I've kind of, you know, I've kind of along the way learned who that is and who that isn't. And mm. he's always one that stuck out in my mind because he was like super cool to the fans, really respectful to the venue, you know. And I I do want to get his full band back. Just, you know, I've seen a lot of good videos and heard a lot of good things. So hopefully that'll be something later this year. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for just from us and from Huntsville. Thanks for bringing these guys through because I mean, it's it's very cool to have them have some of your like heroes come through and you actually be able to talk to them and hear them in like a real setting where it's not um, they're not on a pedestal somewhere where you can't even access them. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of my mentality, at least starting out, that I, I feel that I've kept is. A lot of my idea behind just even doing anything like this was goes back to that mindset of what punk rock is, is mm. that anybody can do this. Right, right. You know, these people aren't... The whole idea of punk rock was to have bands that didn't seem unattainable. Like, the, the people in those bands weren't accessible or anything right, like that. Right, right. And, and that's kind of what I've tried to do is... is bring that to the people in a way that they it feels more personal you know yeah yeah well very cool and these are going down march 4th and march 28th uh they're both over at sidetracks yes very cool and uh yeah big ups to sidetracks eddie all the all the uh bar folks uh mike uh and all all those cool cool cats over there because i mean they're supporting local musicians as well as these like regional acts and stuff that are coming through and that's super, super big for Huntsville. I'm always trying to push people like, support these guys. They're literally feeding local musicians sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and these and the touring bands, which is huge. That was that was pretty much the idea that Sidetracks was founded on. Yes. Was, was the idea of just gung-ho supporting local music. Yes. And, and Eddie's been a very big champion of that since day mm-hmm. one, you know? big ups and uh thanks again for talking to us as always uh come back soon i know i know you're just gonna keep getting awesome uh, bookings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shoved in your face and so we hope you'll keep coming back but yeah and keep us updated on the uh recordings do you have any like place people can find like your stuff you're involved with or information on like recording or just shows for the most part right now i do pretty much all my shows over at sidetrack so any event 
all my events are on their page so you can find them there um just depending on what date you're looking for mm-hmm. uh recordings uh i don't really <coughs> well i don't really work with the production company or anything mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily like uh what's that word i'm very bad at wording today um, <laughs> that's all right i don't push that sort of i don't like scrapbook date recording dates or anything like yeah, that yeah, for yeah. people to like check out but and i'm horrible at announcing when i'm actually going to record with people um <laughs> but you've just released the the moose um that one and what are what are some of your other recent releases currently no other than earth mover with the moose there's no releases i've done that are out ah, but, but many in the I'm, pipe I'm currently in production with the Dirty Scavengers, another local Huntsville band, Johnny the Black Frames, another local Huntsville band, uh, about to go do the Boneyard thing. Uh, and I'm also working on be- uh, production with uh, Devil's Got a Hold of Me on a release. Sweet. Well, t- uh, stay tuned. You can find uh, the Sidetracks shows on the website and all that good stuff. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and thanks again, man. Yeah, man. And we'll see you next time on SpiceCast. Taking us out tonight will be Doyle with Witchcraft.
This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash Spice Radio Huntsville, or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.